Okay, welcome to Textual Feelings this week. I've he I'm hearing that we're getting some technical problems, so I'm not sure if you can hear me right now, but if you can, this is the show where I take a book and I put a soundtrack to that book, and this week's book is Slouching Towards Bethlehem by Joan Didion. Um, and I just picked Raga Gate, Raga Jate, Raga Jate by Ravi Shankar. Um, and I picked that... Um, because it goes with the theme of the book pretty well. And I'm going to read an excerpt from the book in a little bit. But um, I'm going to see if I can get these technical issues sorted out by playing you another song. So I'm going to play you White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. Um, here we go. Welcome back to Textual Feelings um, on freshair.org.uk and that was um, White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. So this week's book is Slouching Towards Bethlehem by Joan Didion. And actually I am getting up a description of that book now because it will be easier to read your little description. Um, it's actually a collection of essays. So, Slouching Towards Bethlehem is a 1968 collection of essays by Joan Didion that mainly describes her experiences in California during the 1960s. It takes its title from the poem The Second Coming by W.B. Yeats. The contents of this book are reprinted in Didion's We Tell Ourselves Stories in Order to Live. 
Um, so yeah, it's a collection of essays and kind of short stories, um, and I I really enjoyed it because it really encapsulates a certain era, and the descriptions in it are incredible. She's a she's an amazing writer. Like visually, you can kind of I feel like you can see and hear everything that she's writing. Um, so I just played. So the first thing I played when we were still having technical issues was Ragged Jate by Ravi Shankar. And then I just played White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. And um, I played both of those pieces because of this little extract that I'm about to read to you. And this is from one of the essays in the book um, when she is kind of hanging out with these people that are involved in the counterculture in the 1960s. At 3.30 that afternoon, Max, Tom and Sharon placed tabs under their tongues and sat down together in the living room to wait for the flash. Barbara stayed in the bedroom smoking hash. During the next four hours, a window banged once in Barbara's room and about 5.30 some children had a fight on the street. A curtain billowed in the afternoon wind. A cat scratched a beagle in Sharon's lap. Except for the sitar music on the stereo, there was no other sound or movement until 7.30 when Max said, Wow. Um, so the first piece I played was some sitar music by Ravi Shankar and I thought that was appropriate um, because, you know, they're listening to sitar music on the stereo while they are um, dropping acid. And then I wanted to play White Rabbit because it, I mean, it perfectly encapsulates that culture of the 1960s that Joan Didion was um, recording um, and it's about, you know, tripping. It's about taking... I, I, is it about specifically taking LSD or just drugs in general? I'm not sure. I'm just thinking it was probably LSD because it's quite hallucinogenic. Um, so the next piece I'm going to play combines together the Western counterculture that we've been talking about and the Indian influence upon it, like the, the influence that Indian music had upon it. Um, it was a very big influence, both in terms of just music, just musically, the instruments that were being used, like sitar was being used in um, like Beatles music, which is what I'm about to play, um, but also the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and lots of other musicians at that time and actors and that sort of thing got really into Eastern philosophy um, through people like the Maharishi and they went on these retreats and did yoga. And I guess that's where a lot of the stuff today, the interest in yoga and that sort of thing, really started with that counterculture in the 1960s. So um, I am going to play Love You Too by The Beatles.
Okay, so that was Love You Too by The Beatles. Um, a great song, in my opinion. I really love The Beatles. It really reminds me of being young because I loved The Beatles so much when I was about, I don't know, probably like 10 to 16. I was so into them. I still love them, but I was obsessed. Um, and so, yeah, that was Love You Too. That was, I'm not sure when that was released. Let me have a little Google. Um, but it was right in the heart of that kind of counterculture movement um, and, you know, that use of the sitar and that sort of thing. It was very um, zeitgeisty, you know. Okay, my computer won't Google this for me, so I guess I'm Googling it. Oh, no, it is Googling it. God, I'm so smooth, aren't I? I'm just perfect DJ over here. Um, Love You Too by The Beatles. It was released in 1966, which was what I was going to guess. So mad I didn't just guess that now. Um, anyway, um, the next song I'm going to play is um, a Joan Baez song. And um, that's because uh, there's like this essay in Slouching Towards Bethlehem that is just about Joan Baez. Um, and it's about her, I think she's at the time running a, or like attending or partially running a retreat thing for people to go to one of these types of things that I was talking about where people learn about different philosophies and different ways of thinking about the world and do yoga and this and that and it was very in at the time for people who I guess were pretty privileged um, to go along and learn about this stuff um, so I'll, I'll read you a little extract and then I'm going to play you Forever Young which is written by Bob Dylan but performed by Joan Baez this, she, she actually performed that song a little bit later that wasn't written in the 60s but um still it um it is by Joan Baez and obviously being by Bob Dylan kind of brings together um two major players in the 60s she was the right girl at the right time she had only a small repertory of child ballads what's Joni still doing with this Mary Hamilton Bob Dylan would fret later never trained her pure soprano and annoyed some purists because she was indifferent to the origins of her material and sang everything sad but she rode in with the folk wave just as it was cresting she could reach an audience in a way that neither the purist nor the more commercial folk singer seemed able to do if her interest was never in the money neither was it really in the music she was interested and in instead in something that went on between her and the audience the easiest kind of relationship for me is with 10,000 people she said the hardest is with one May God's blessing keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. May you build a ladder 
That was Forever Young by Joan Baez, and um, welcome back to Textual Feelings. Um, this week, our book is Slouching Towards Bethlehem by Joan Didion. Um, so that song was written by Bob Dylan, but performed by Joan Baez. Um, she actually performed a lot of Bob Dylan songs. And I was going to play you another song of hers, um, either by Bob Dylan or not, I wasn't sure, but then I thought it would be a nice idea to actually play a Bob Dylan song. Um, so this one is probably one of my favourite Bob Dylan songs. Um, it would be around in the 1960s. It was very current, you know, Bob Dylan was one of the most famous musicians of that era, so I thought it was just appropriate to play. So here we go, I Want You by Bob Dylan. Say I should refuse you 
cracked bells and washed out horns blow into my face with scorn but it's not that way I wasn't born to lose you I want you I want you I want you so bad honey I want you the drunken politician leaps upon the street where mothers weep and the saviors who are fast asleep they wait for you and I wait for them to interrupt me drinking from my broken cup and ask me to open up the gate for you I want you So that was I Want You by Bob Dylan, one of my favorite Bob Dylan songs, as I said. Um, So next I'm going to play, actually, before I play something, my dad said that that was also from 1966. He's texting me now. And he said that it was the following year, 1967, when the Beatles, the Beach Boys, etc., all went to India to study Transcendental Meditation. And so it kicked off all the interest in the kind of Eastern Indian um, philosophy um that i was mentioning earlier so interesting fact thank you dad um so next i'm going to play the wind cries mary by Jimi hendrix um but first i'm going to read you a little extract from the book the reason i chose this song is just i think it encapsulates this kind of low kind of mood this um it obviously discusses the wind and this little extract does discuss the wind at one point very briefly but it is more just it describes this lo-fi kind of um rambling isn't the right word but kind of um deep gentle mood I think and I think that that's got out in this extract um 
The extract is describing the California that Joan Didion is visiting. She visits lots of different places in California. She visits people who are part of the counterculture in, I think, San Francisco. She visits LA, and later I'm going to play a song about that. Um, But she also visits these kind of maybe forgotten bits of California. I'm not sure if it was like Northern California, maybe. Um, But I'll read you this extract, and then I'll play you The Wind Cries Mary. This is the California where it is possible to live and die without ever eating an artichoke, without ever meeting a Catholic or a Jew. This is the California where it is easy to dial a devotion but hard to buy a book. This is the country in which a belief in the literal interpretation of Genesis has slipped imperceptibly into a belief in the literal interpretation of double indemnity. The country of the teased hair and the capris and the girls for whom all life's promises come down to a waltz-length white wedding dress and the birth of a Kimberly or a Sherry or a Debbie and a Tijuana divorce and a return to hairdresser school. We were just crazy kids, they say without regret, and look to the future. The future always looks good in the golden land because no one remembers the past. Here is where the hot wind blows and the old ways do not seem relevant, where the divorce rate is double the national average and where one person in every 38 lives in a trailer. Here is the last stop for all those who come from somewhere else, for all those who drifted away from the cold and the past and the old ways. Here is where they are trying to find a new lifestyle, trying to find it in the only places they know to look, the movies and the newspapers. The case of Lucille Marie Maxwell Miller is a tabloid monument to that new lifestyle. Traffic lights, they turn blue tomorrow And shine the emptiness down on my bed The tiny island sags downstream Cause the life that lives is dead And the wind screams merry 
That's a great song, isn't it? Um, so that was The Wind Cries Mary by Jimi Hendrix. Um, and it was also 1967, we think, um, that it was the Monterey Festival where there was the famous guitar-burning performance by Jimi Hendrix. So a lot was happening in 1967, as, of course, we all know. <laughs> um, so you're listening to Text Your Feelings the show where I take a book and put a soundtrack to that book. And this week's book is Slouching Towards Bethlehem by Joan Didion. Um, I really love this book. Um, as you can hear from the excerpts that I've been reading, the descriptions are just so vivid and she really encapsulates like a time, a zeitgeist, a culture. And I think that's what's great about it. It brings back this particular moment in time and you might not agree with everything that's going on and I don't think she agreed with everything that was going on, but it was the way she was writing about it was just so interesting and evocative and she got to the heart of these you know strange characters that were right in the heart of the counterculture and other stuff that was going on because it wasn't just a counterculture um so the next song i want to play um uh is one it's a little bit left field it's not quite in the same vein as we've been playing but it's based on an excerpt that i'll read out and then i'll tell you what um it is. So this is from another one of her essays from the book. We went three and four afternoons a week, sat on folding chairs in the darkened consent hut which served as a theatre, and it was there that summer of 1943, while the hot wind blew outside, that I first saw John Wayne. Saw the walk, heard the voice. Heard him tell the girl in a picture called War of the Wild Cats that he would build her a house at the bend in the river where the cottonwoods grow. As it happened, I did not grow up to be the kind of woman who is the heroine in a western. And although the men I have known have had many virtues and have taken me to live in many places I have come to love, they have never been John Wayne, and they have never taken me to that bend in the river where the cottonwoods grow. Deep in that part of my heart where the artificial rain forever falls, that is still the line I wait to hear. So this was just very reminiscent of me of kind of westerns, and the mood of westerns and that kind of simple romance and going to see the girl. So I wanted to play to you Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show. in 17 hours picking me a bouquet dogwood flowers and I'm hoping for Riley I can see my baby tonight so rock me mama like a wagon wheel rock me mama any way you feel Hey, Mama, rock me. 
gonna be a feather in an old time string band My baby plays a guitar, a big banjo now Oh, North Country winners keep forgetting me And I lost my money playing poker So I had to up and leave But I ain't the turn it back To lose that old life no more So rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel Rock me, mama, any way you feel Hey, mama, rock me Rock me South out of Roanoke, I caught a trucker out of Philly, had a nice long tote. But he's a headed west from the Cumberland Gap, a Johnson City, Tennessee. And I gotta get a move on before the sun. I hear my baby calling my name, and I know that she's the only one. And if I die in Raleigh, least I will die free. So wreck me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Rack Slight technical difficulty there. Don't know why the music stopped. But anyway, that was Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show. I love that song so much. Um, so fun little fact that I was just talking to my dad about, and I said I would tell him on air because I couldn't be bothered to type it out properly. But that song is kind of technically co-written by Bob Dylan and Ketch Secker of Old Crow Medicine Show because Bob Dylan recorded the chorus in 1973 and then added... Um, and then Seco, Seco, Seco added verses 25 years later and then released it in, I think it was 2004. Um, so it's kind of co-written by both of those people. I'm not entirely sure how he got the chorus. I think, oh, actually I was talking, um, so <laughs> um, I was talking about this to someone recently and I think they were saying that it was like a throwaway track that um, Bob Dylan had kind of partially recorded and then maybe the guy from old Crow Medicine show went back and kind of changed it or something like that. I'll have to find out the proper details. But yeah, it's co-written by Bob Dylan and Ketch Secker of old Crow Medicine show. Um, so the next song I want to play is one about California or it's inspired by California um I'll read a little extract for you again and then um and then I'll play you a song to go with it 7000 Romaine Street is in that part of Los Angeles familiar to admirers of Raymond Chandler and Dashiell Hammett the underside of Hollywood south of Sunset Boulevard a middle-class slum of model studios and warehouses and two family bungalows 
Because Paramount and Columbia and Desilu and the Samuel Goldwyn Studios are nearby, many of the people who live around here have some tenuous connection with the motion picture industry. They once processed fan photographs, say, or knew Jean Harlow's manicurist. 7000 Romaine looks itself like a faded movie exterior, a pastel building with a chipped art modern detailing. The windows now either bordered or paned with chicken wire glass, and at the entrance, among the dusty oleander, a rubber mat that reads welcome. Actually, no one is welcome, for 7000 Romaine belongs to Howard Hughes, and the door is locked. So I wanted to find um, a piece of music that would kind of be a little bit something to do with LA, you know, I wanted that mood, that general feeling, and... um, Obviously, this book was written by Joan Didion. She spent all this time in California. So I thought an appropriate song would be L.A. Woman by The Doors.
Okay, so I'm going to end that one a little bit early so that I can play a request from my dad. And he was saying that, you know, to get in the late 60s spirit before everything went a bit downhill in 1968 and 1969 with Charles Manson and that sort of thing, uh, a good thing to play would be Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. So here we go. Good Vibrations. I, I love the colorful you And the way the sunlight plays upon her head
Okay, so that was Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. Um, and now we're getting towards the end of our show. Um, but I'm going to read you a little extract. Um, and then I'm going to play you a couple of songs. So, to be married in Las Vegas, Clark County, Nevada, a bride must swear that she is 18 or has parental permission, and a bridegroom that he is 21 or has parental permission. Someone must put up $5 for the license. On Sundays and holidays, $15. The Clark County Courthouse issues marriage licenses at any time of the day or night, except between noon and one in the afternoon, between eight and nine in the evening, and between four and five in the morning. Nothing else is required. The state of Nevada, alone among these United States, demands neither a premarital blood test nor a waiting period before or after the issuance of a marriage license. Driving across to Mojave from Los Angeles, one sees the signs way out on the desert, looming up from the moonscape of rattlesnakes and mesquite, even before the Las Vegas lights appear like a mirage on the horizon. Getting married? Free license information. First strip exit. Perhaps the Las Vegas wedding industry achieved its peak operational efficiency between 9pm and midnight of August 26, 1965, an otherwise unremarkable Thursday, which happened to be, by presidential order, the last day on which anyone could improve his draft status merely by getting married. So the first song I want to play is Wedding in Cherokee County by Randy Newman, which was released in 1974, but I just think sums up that kind of mood very well and obviously it's about getting married in a little county in america and then i want to go straight into for what it's worth by buffalo springfield because that is about or became an anthem of protests against the vietnam war so here we go
Fresh air. Fresh air is in the park. Hi, this is Sam and Dan. We're from Architects, and you're listening to Fresh Air. Dot. Oh. 